Uh, well, good morning again, everyone. Um, if you're new here, my name is Van Cochran. I'm the lead pastor. just want to introduce myself. Uh, it's great to see you all here today. I, I want to start with just a little quiz, um, just kind of a one-question quiz. In fact, it's actually sort of like an intelligence test, okay? So I'm going to ask you this question, and I don't want you to answer it right away, because if you just kind of blurt the answer out, then the guy beside you might just copy your answer. And that's cheating, so we don't want any of that. So the way I came upon this question, um, Alpha is having its last meal tonight. Uh, part, of the Alpha is, uh, part of the Alpha ministry is a meal every night. And, oh, by the way, you're all invited to the celebration dinner, the Alpha celebration dinner, okay? So e- even if you didn't go through Alpha this time, you can come to the dinner and you can bring friends to it. I mean, that's the awesome thing about it is if you have a friend, bring them to the dinner. They'll get a great dinner, uh, listen to a great message, and um, learn about Alpha. But I was preparing uh, the meal. I said I would, I would cook chili for this meal. And all right, here's the question. Now, don't answer it. I'm going to count one, two, three, and then we'll answer it once a- after I ask it, okay? But here was the question. I was tasting the chili yesterday afternoon, and I asked myself, does this need more garlic? Okay, now I'm going to count one, two, three, and you can give me the answer to that question, all right? One, two, three, absolutely. Whoa, last night everybody shouted yes, but I think I heard a section over here that said no this morning, so I I guess you can have too much garlic. In my opinion, I I haven't reached that point yet where I put too much garlic in something, but uh, uh, another question. Another question I, I want to raise to us is this. Can you have too much love? No, you can't have too much love. Can you have, can you have too much uh, strength and power in your life? No, you can't. Can you have too much hope? Can you have too much peace? You can't have too much peace, can you? Have you ever heard anyone say, you know, I've got this problem. I'm probably going to have to go for counseling for it. Because I just have too much peace. I just have peace all the time. And I don't know why I can't lie down in bed at night and worry like everyone else. So, I, you know, I need, I need to get fixed here somehow. You, you never hear anyone say that. Because peace is a good thing. And God has an abundance of love and power and strength. Not only for our lives, for us to grow and break free in our lives, but also for us to minister to others, to help them become free, to come to know Jesus and experience freedom. God has an abundance of hope for us. He has an abundance of joy for us. You can't have too much joy. And you know, a very interesting thing, in Hebrews 1.9, it says that Jesus was anointed with the spirit of joy above all of his companions. So if you have this picture of Jesus as kind of moping around with a real serious look on his face, always ready to rebuke someone, that's a misunderstanding. Jesus was the most joyful, happy guy in the whole crowd that he traveled with. And he said he wants to give us his joy. He wants to pour his joy out on us. So there is an abundance of joy that you and I can experience through the presence of the Holy Spirit. He comes into our lives. And then he just transfers stuff from Jesus to us. And he gives it to us. And he actually changes us and makes it a part of us. 
So there's just this abundance of joy that uh, we can have and love and power and peace. And, and the, the whole Freedom Project was about setting other people free. It was. That, that was the focus. We wanted to do something outside ourselves that would set others free. And by doing that, what we were doing was breaking the, the spirit, the mentality of scarcity. And we were affirming and embracing the mentality of abundance. That God has an abundance of everything that we need in this life to do what he wants us to do. Now, if you were here two weeks ago on uh, April 12th, 13th, uh, Luke Hazelmeyer spoke in. Uh, Luke's me- it was an awesome message. If you, have a, if you weren't here, how many of you were here to hear it? Okay, it was a great message, wasn't it? If you weren't, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because Luke really explains what the abundance mentality is in a real clear way. And basically, just to summarize, an abundance mentality doesn't mean that you and I can just go. It's not about us. It's not centered on me so that I can just go out and say, well, I have an abundance from heaven. God has everything I need. So I'm going to go out and buy this new Corvette tomorrow. Uh, it's not about us. It's not about us having all of our desires satisfied. In fact, if, if we do live that way, that's not freedom. It is not freedom to have every desire that I have satisfied. That's bondage. But the abundance mentality is all about God providing everything that we need so that we can follow him and do everything he wants us to do. It all has to do with us submitting to his will and being assured that whatever God calls us to do, he will provide for us to do that. And so um, this whole uh, focus was on freedom and freedom for us as families, as individuals, and as a church body to break this whole mentality of scarcity, to realize that what God's called us to as a church body, he can provide. And to realize that when he does pour abundance of material blessings and wealth into our lives, he's doing that. He, He does want us to enjoy it. Yes, he wants us to enjoy the good things he's given us. But my perspective can't be Oh, I've got, I, I have this blessing from God, this financial or material blessing from God. Therefore, I need to go out and do something that I want with it. He wants us to enjoy it, but the mentality needs to be, I receive that so that I can do what he wants me to do. And part of that is to enjoy it. But within the context of the mission that he's called us to. He's called us to a mission to reach the world with the gospel of Christ and to bring freedom to people everywhere. And so that's, that's the essence of the abundance mentality. And again, I encourage you to go back and listen to Luke's message. He said that really well. Now, for many of us uh, in these recent weeks, it, it has really been a, a, a step of growth for us because we've engaged with this Freedom Project and we've prayed and talked to our husbands or wives about it and we've looked at our budgets and we've 
thought hard and we've cut things out so that we could give to it. And the result of that is in uh, just this fantastic number of 93,500, but it's still growing. There are still people that have said, well, I haven't given yet and I'm going to next week. So it's going to end up being more than that. But there, there, there are others that maybe didn't connect as as tightly to the whole project, you know, for a variety of reasons, life life space or life circumstances uh, or, or other reasons, it, it didn't, uh, I didn't connect with it as strongly as someone else. But what I want to say about that is this, that this was something we did as a church body, it was something we did as a church family. And so the blessings that come with this act of obedience on our part come to the whole family, comes to the whole family, no matter where I am on this spectrum. You know, I, I was with it from day one and most exciting thing we've done for 20 years, or yeah, never, never really had connected with it real, as, as strongly as some others did. No matter where I am on that spectrum, there is blessing for us and there is freedom for us. You see, God blesses families. He, he blesses households. Uh, if if my son does something great in school and he receives an honor, I get to go with him. I get to go with him to be part of the blessing of him receiving that honor. And you and I, as part of this church family, we all get to receive the blessing of, uh, of, of the freedom that God wants to pour out in our lives. And so not only was there money given that's going to go to these other ministries and have a profound impact on those ministries and on people's lives. But there was freedom that it was released here. Freedom for us. Freedom from things that mess up our lives. Attitudes, habits, sicknesses. We're seeing people healed physically. We're seeing people that are being touched by God and having pain leave their bodies or having, uh, we, ha- we had um, a person last week that had bad knees and was prayed for. And then they asked, well, how are your knees now? Can you bend? And this person ended up running up and down the steps, just giddy with laughter because of the healing that she had just received. We're seeing God's presence poured out, his power poured out, his life poured out. And what I want to say is there's freedom for every person here. There's freedom for every one of us. Even if you're a visitor today um, and you're just coming in on the end of this whole thing, you're, st- you're still part of this. And so there's freedom here. You get to be part of that. So Jesus provides freedom for us. And I, at one point, Jesus, well, several times Jesus did this, but at one point in particular, he um, came upon these two blind men. And they're alongside the road, and they're calling out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus uh, went to them, and he, he asked this question. He said, what do you want me to do for you? Now, you would, it would seem to be obvious what they wanted. They wanted their sight, and that's, that's what they said, and he gave them their sight. But, you see, Jesus engages us in the process. He engages us. What do you want him to do for you? That's the question. So I want to ask you that right now. What do you want Jesus to do for you? There's freedom here. There's power here. There's new life. And Jesus is asking us, what do you want me to do for you? 
For some, for some, it might be a physical healing. For others, it might be, I just want to get rid of this impatient spirit. I know it's hurting my family, and, and, and I just want to get rid of this. Lord, free me from this. For others, it might be an addiction. Lord, I, I just can't live this way any longer. I've got to break, got to break with this addiction. What, what do you want? Maybe for a child that uh, you really want to see come to Jesus and really begin to press ahead into the things of the kingdom. Or maybe, maybe you sit back and you see people up here at the end of the services praying for others. And you're just saying, oh God, I, I want to be able to pray for people. I want to be able to, I want to pray for people and see the Holy Spirit touch them and really impact their lives. Maybe some other ministry that God's put in your heart. But what do you want? What are you going to ask him for today? Now, we're not going to have a moment where everyone asks, but I just want to say, contemplate that question. And when we come to worship later, at some point of time during worship, just stop and say, Lord Jesus, what I'm asking you for is, and express to him what you're asking for. Because there is grace, there is freedom, there's God's presence here today in abundance. Now, some people would say, well, I don't have enough faith to do that. You know, I'm not so sure. I, you know, I, I don't know if I can really ask God for something and believe that he's going to respond to me. Well, let's talk about faith for a moment. There was one occasion where a man came to Jesus and asked Jesus to help, help him if you can. And Jesus said, if I can, all things are possible to them, to them that believe. And then this man's response was classic. He said, I believe, help my unbelief. So I believe, I do believe, that's why I'm here. I've taken the action to travel to find you. I believe, but I also doubt. I believe, but help my unbelief. And for many of us, that's, you know, that's where we are a lot of the time. I know for myself, when we entered into this uh, Freedom Project seven, eight weeks ago, uh, it was clear to me that this is what God wanted us to do. And it was also clear that we were to have a target of uh, roughly a month's budget, which would be a little over $80,000. And so I stood up here and I said that. If many of you were here, do you remember that? Said that one day at the beginning and then other days uh, said that. Now, I wish I could tell you that from that moment on, I had this fantastic faith that this was going to happen. I wish I could tell you that every moment I was confident. But there were a lot of nights that as I went to bed, I would go through this kind of like uh, little interaction in my mind. It would start off with, what an idiot I am. You know, I, this is never going to happen. And when we get $5,000 instead of $80,000, I'm going to have to leave town. Uh, you know, I'm just going to have to pack my bags and slip out in the middle of the night, kind of like, uh, you know, some of these football teams have done. I thought this, this might be the last stupid thing I get to do as a pastor. And now why did I have to say $80,000 from the front? Why did I have to do that? And so, I, I mean, there were nights that I re- wrestled, wrestled like that. But there were a few people here uh, that every time I saw them, and these, these people I'm thinking of are all gifted prophetically. In other words, they really get a sense for what God's doing. And I've learned to trust, trust their sense. And they were telling me every time I saw them, hey, this is exactly what God's calling us to. This is right on target. Don't worry about it. 
God's got it. You're going to be amazed at the results. And so when they would speak those words to me, it would strengthen my heart. And I'd say, okay, good. Thank you for saying that. I needed, I needed to know that again. But faith, my point is faith doesn't have to be perfect. The, the, the essence of faith sometimes is, in spite of the doubt, taking the risk. In spite of the, the questions, you step out and you lay it out there. And so do that today. Just come to Jesus and lay it out there because he cares about you. He loves you. We have a father in heaven who loves us. In fact, we don't have to worry about that. In Luke 12, 32, there's this powerful passage that says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. So you can come to God. You can come today, even with some doubt, but but by the very action of coming. And when we have prayer at the front, the very action of walking to the front and of saying, would you pray for me? That is an act of faith. Doing that is faith, even though there may be some mental doubt. So faith is not always you know, complete mental certainty, but it is taking a step. So take the step today to ask God, what, what do you want me to ask you for? What, what do I want to ask you for? And then take a moment during our worship time later, just to say, God, just raise your hands up like this. That For some of us, I remember the first time I raised, took my hands from my pockets to this level, I was just hoping that nobody would see. I was just hoping that that was just low enough that, that I wouldn't be detected. But even doing that can be an act of faith on my part. And just a step of saying, God, I want you. I just want you. I, I long for you. But do that and tell him what it is you want, where you want freedom to be released in your life because he has it for you. Now, we have a father in heaven who loves us. We are not orphans. We're not alone. And we don't have to, we don't have to question whether or not we're loved by God. I, I have a video I want to uh, show to you, but I want to ask a question first, okay? I suspect that there aren't, are not going to be any hands that go up here today for this, but I'll be really excited if there are, and I want to talk to you after the service. Was there anybody here that was at Woodstock in 1968? Anybody by any chance? No? Okay. Well, we had someone last night that was at, in Haight-Ashbury at the same time, uh, so that's pretty close. But uh, we have a video from Woodstock right now. It's a guy named Richie Havens. They put him on stage at the beginning of the whole thing and uh, asked him to play two songs. And then the rest of the bands that were coming got caught in traffic. So they said, well, keep playing. And he just improvised and he just went for it. And there's this one song that is actually an old spiritual song called Motherless Child. And he improvised it and he added the word freedom to it. And so you've heard this. Many, of you, Most of us will be familiar with this when you hear it. But he says the word freedom over and over and over again. And then he repeats this phrase, sometimes I feel like a motherless child. He repeats that phrase several times. And then he says, a long way from my home. And then he shouts freedom again. And then he says, sometimes I feel like I'm almost gone and he says that several times, and then a long way from home. I just want you to see the passion in this, and I think the message parallels our message today. So let's, let's watch this video. 
Okay, uh, I have no idea about this guy's uh, faith or spirituality or, or whatever, but um, I know the message. I feel like a motherless child a long way from home. And then I feel like I'm almost gone. I'm almost finished. I'm almost done. And I'm so far from home. That expresses the longing of every human heart. And it really expresses the essence of what it means to be free, what it means to actually live in freedom. Living in freedom is, in one respect, you could say living in freedom is being at home. It's going home. It's connecting with our Heavenly Father. It's knowing we have a Heavenly Father who cares about us, who loves us, who wants to meet our needs, who wants to put a passion in our hearts and then satisfy that passion. It means knowing that there's a Son, Jesus, at the right hand of the Father, who is just eager to bring us to the Father. He wants to introduce us to the Father because we're His friends. You come to know Jesus, he takes us to the Father. A couple of uh, years ago at a national conference, uh, we saw old friends. I saw a friend of mine from the Champagne Vineyard, Happy Layman. And we had talked earlier in the conference. But then the last day of the conference, uh, I was talking to some other guys. And he came over to me in, in an excited voice. He said, hey, Van, come here, come here. He says, you got to see who's here. you got to see who's here. Come here. And so I, I went with him. And he had his son, Jay, there. And I, I hadn't seen Jay for a lot of years. I remember Jay as a little guy about this big. And uh, at, at the time, two years ago, when I saw him, he's six foot four. Uh, he's playing linebacker in the NFL. But Happy was excited for me to come over and connect and see Jay. And that's what Jesus is like. He's excited to take you into the presence of God the Father. He's just excited about that. That's, that's what he wants. he wants. He wants us not to feel like motherless children, not to feel like fatherless children. You don't have to feel, you don't have to, you, you are not that. You have a father in heaven who loves you. And for some of us that feel like we're almost gone, yeah, you know, my better days are behind me and man, I'm almost gone. Or, or you might not even be old. You might be young and feel that way. That's not true. That's a lie. That's a lie. You have a Father in heaven who loves you and wants to empower you to fulfill everything that he has for you. And he has so much for us. Now, this leads us to to the, the presence of the Holy Spirit and the fact that Jesus wants to take us into the presence of God and the Holy Spirit just brings the presence of God to us. He brings the manifest, revealed presence of God to us. And that is an awesome thing. And that's what we're looking for as we worship. Every time we worship, we're just, God, we, just, we want to experience your presence. There's a passage in the Old Testament that talks about this, and we're going to end with this and then uh, go into worship. But it uh, talks about worship, and it says, All the Levitical singers, Asaph, Heman, and Judithan, their sons, kinsmen, Arrayed in fine linen with cymbals, harps, and lyres, stood east of the altar with 120 priests who were trumpeters. And it was the duty of the trumpeters and the singers to make themselves heard in unison 
in praise and thanksgiving to God. Okay, what that means is they weren't all just there beating on their instruments randomly, that there was a unison to it. It was like they, they had a very large band together that was leading in worship. And it goes on to say, And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, they were singing this, He is good, for His love endures forever. It says this, The house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house. Now think about that. They're worshiping. What would that be like? What would that be like if while we're worshiping, God's presence becomes so powerful here that you look out and you you just see this cloud, this presence of God? What would that be like? Just think about that for a moment. It says the cloud filled the temple and they couldn't even stand up. And the, the presence of God was so powerful, their bodies just went wacky. They couldn't stand up. They, they fell, fell to the floor. Just think about that. Let's stand right now. Let's just invite God's presence. Let's invite him to reveal his presence to us. Triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, we come. We, we come to worship you. We, just, we long to see you. We long to know you. We long to experience you, your home, your home. You're our creator. You're our father. Our hearts long for you. Holy Spirit, come now. Reveal the presence of God. Reveal your presence. Reveal your glory. We want to see your glory. Even that glory cloud, Lord, of your presence, we want to see it. We want to taste you in a real way. Just come, Lord. Giving you my heart and all that is within, I lay it all. 